The key thing is don't be inhaling, don't be ingesting. Stay inside, don't drink or eat anything. These are important questions. I understand that. Highest moment the last eight years. Well, I think that the most important, the most compelling was uh, was 9-11 itself. Welcome. This is the special live edition of Truth Jihad Radio. I'm Kevin Barrett broadcasting from the studio on the stut, which is the rooftop here in Saidia, Morocco, where I just got done praying the Asr mid-afternoon prayer on a beach towel. This is one of the best beach towns in the world, Saidia, Morocco. As I pray, I look out towards the mountains of Algeria, right across the border, where the nefarious uh, Algerian Coast Guard actually killed a couple of Moroccans last week. I didn't get a chance to talk about that on the show because I didn't hear about it when I was broadcasting last week. I wrote a piece about it. You can find that and everything else I do at my Substack, kevinbarrett.substack.com. In the second hour today, Michael Walsh, the Spain-based Europe correspondent for American Free Press, will join me, and I guess I'm their uh, North African correspondent, for a little trans-Mediterranean dialogue across the Straits of Gibraltar. Michael Walsh just wrote a piece about Dmitry Medvedev's dire warning uh and I think that's something maybe people should attend to. Well, getting back to the first hour, one of my all-time favorite writers, not just favorite Internet writers, but favorite writers is Ed Curtin. He's one of the people who not only is putting out red-pilled information on the Internet, but is doing it in style. No, it's really good stuff. If you don't read this guy, you have to start. You can find your way to his work by way of today's radio show listing. You can go to Truth Jihad. Dot com, click on the radio show link and find your way to today's show with Edward Curtin and Michael Walsh. All right, let's get going on a discussion of this terrific new essay. I mean, Edward Curtin's work is is consistently excellent, but this is this is even better, I think, than maybe your average Ed Curtin piece. It's entitled "Numbed by Numbers on the Way to the Digital Palace," and he's uh, choosing his words very carefully as he dissects the problem of what René Guénon called the reign of quantity. And he cites my favorite author, Dostoevsky, a number of times, um, as well as somebody I hadn't really known much about before, Jonathan Crary, who sounds like he's worth reading. Anyway, Edward Curtin is, is one of the best reasons to keep an Internet connection. So let's, uh, let's talk to him. <laughs> Welcome, Ed. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Kevin. How are you? I'm well. I, uh, I'm enjoying the perfect weather here in Saidia, Morocco, and just kind of getting adjusted to the place. You know, we moved here last month. Um, so, boy, that, you know, and one of the reasons actually that we fled the, uh, the former USA, uh, one of the many reasons is that it seems like the U.S. is falling under this kind of Digital tyranny that you write about, and it's it's worse there. I mean, here in here in uh, in Morocco, there's almost nothing but cash. Nobody uses anything but cash. Cards are are very rare, uh, and you know people meet and you go to the souk, and there's you know a, a small shop, and everybody gets everything from the small shops in the souk. 
People still talk to each other face-to-face all the time. Yeah, there's a vibrant Internet, but there's also kind of a normal life. And so, yeah, your your essay kind of made me reflect on that. Yeah, well, it's um, it sounds quite a bit different from here. Uh, of course, people still talk and people still get together and meet. But uh, oftentimes uh, they don't. And I think there's this sense of isolation that a lot of people feel, uh, which is connected to a sense of uh, depression and anxiety uh, because they are constantly uh, checking their phones and the Internet and uh, seeing dire warnings every time they do warnings meant to create uh, a great deal of fear and uh, a sense of isolation, uh, which is what's happened. So, uh, yeah, I see the Internet as a major problem, but something that's not going to be around forever. Yeah, I thought it was interesting how you drew the connection between the fear-mongering and you know, the politics of fear that we've heard so much about since 9-11 and this kind of reign of quantity or the digitization of life. Like usually people sort of think of those two things separately, if they even think of them at all, especially the, the reign of quantity. Uh, but, but you saw a kind of a connection there. Like, you know, I, I, I kind of imagine you know, sort of every morning it really wakes up and uh, they go to the weather forecast on the internet, which then tells them, uh, well, uh, the chances, you know, today is, is going to be, you know, partly mushroom cloudy with a chance of nuclear war, uh, precisely a 13.8% chance of nuclear war, you know, and everybody goes, but, but seriously, every, we look at the news and what is it? It's like a, a bizarre, uh, fire or maybe a directed energy weapon attack, you know, burns up, uh, Maui. Or the latest, uh, you know, it's 130 degrees in Phoenix and, and people are sizzling on the sidewalk like eggs frying in a pan. Or, or, or Russia is just about to break out the nukes, which is what I'm going to talk about in the second hour of today's show. There's all this really depressing kind of apocalyptic news. And it seems like there's a connection between the digitization that's bringing us this news and the apocalyptic news itself that keeps us in a state of fear, anxiety, and quite often almost learned helplessness. And I, I thought your essay did a really good job at sort of making that connection. Yeah, well, uh, <clears throat> the Internet, uh, I obviously uh, use it, and uh, uh, it does provide uh, some information and news that we really can't get other ways. I mean, I can't find out really unless I spoke to you what is happening in in Morocco uh, without uh, going to the internet and news sources that might emanate from Morocco uh, because it that, that's the way it is these days but people tend to forget that uh, the internet was created uh, by the U.S. Uh, military and intelligence services. And if that's the case, then it must intend 
which is a word I use, which way does it point? It points towards social control by those same militaries and intelligence services all over the world. Uh, But it's uh, primarily an American-created phenomenon. Uh, If we can talk about America, I mean the U.S. of America, uh, not uh, Canada or Mexico or any South American or Central American Americas. Uh, but uh, so, you know, I use it and you use it and it's it's essential, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be here forever. I think the fact Jonathan Prairie, who wrote this book, Scorched Earth, a very good book, an excellent book, I highly recommend it, uh, makes it very clear that this this idea that it's here for good is part of the propaganda uh, uh, apparatus that it's going to be here forever. But everything is ephemeral, even uh, the electronic digital world. So uh, when it will not be around, I don't know. No one does. But uh, I think it does more harm than good. Uh, it sounds like uh, um, nostalgic for the, for the past, which I'm not really. Uh, I think a, a book-based culture, a magazine-based culture, a newspaper-based culture, something in one's hands to to look at, to read, to get information from is far superior to to looking at screens, which can be manipulated in the blink of an eye. And they are, of course, constantly. Things come, they disappear, and you, you think uh you think you're 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 getting the facts and then the facts change in an instant. <clears throat> 